Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess... Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time about. for Mortgage Matters. Well, good morning, everybody. Hope you're all doing well this fine, foggy morning. So. All overcasty and getting cool again. Some warm days in a row and now getting cool again. It's not bad, though. We may get rain. This yeah. For too. Thursday or something. Yeah. That's Crazy. exciting. Yeah. It's been a good year for that wet stuff, man. Yeah, the John Lindsay report looked like it was basically said, that was fun, but it's over. That was what I read. Yeah. So, yeah. There's some pretty huge cumulus-looking clouds in the south part of the county in the sky yesterday. Well, maybe maybe they're going to be heading our way. Where I grew up in Big Bear, we'd get, you without real rain in the forecasting like that, you get that kind of thing, just like thunderstorms and mm-hmm. kind of fun. So I hoped we'd have a little thunderstorm or something. But It might be kind of cool, right? It's always yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Lightning and thunder and all that. That's right. Yeah. Well, Dan's here. So Hello. That's yeah. cool. Very exciting. I know it's Dan and Jason today, actually, too. I noticed that. Yeah, just doing it old school, you know? It is. Good. Got to get some coffee down the pipe here. <laughs> yeah, me too. Still Boy, feeling, feeling pretty sleepy. Yeah. Went camping for the last few days and it's kind of how um, how yeah. you feel that first day back you know you get your own bed get yeah, that you, great night of sleep but you probably could have slept for 10 or 12 hours yeah where did you go camping again big sir oh yeah yeah you like it up there huh i mean uh, it's pretty up there fun. yeah everybody likes <laughs> it well, up i mean there. i like it up yeah i like it up there too but dan seems to when he goes camping i think you you well, uh, I was kind of, we were talking about this. I've, uh, most of my camping life has been spent in the Lake Tahoe area. Okay. Since I grew up in Northern California, that was the, the quick, easy place to get to. Also with immense yeah. natural beauty and, mm-hmm. you know, lots of different places to camp and explore. Uh, do you do the, the, the camp camping? Do you do the tent camping or do you do trailer or what? Cabin. Tent camping, mm-hmm. it's not like backpacking as light as you can go camping. It's car camping. Yeah, yeah. You know, we you have the car right there, you know. you know. Two ice chests for a family of four, so we're yeah, not yeah. going to be hauling that around some trail somewhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it is fun. Yeah, it's a good time. It's good to get the get everyone, not just, I was going to say the kids, but everyone away yeah, from the screens and You know what's funny? The stuff. After camping for a couple days, the phones really just don't work very well. Yeah. And you really break the cycle of even having the thing. Yeah. And like, great, actually. Yesterday, when I did get home, my phone was 
like left in the bedroom uh-huh. and then later in the day when we we went out and grabbed burritos because we didn't feel like cooking mm-hmm. and when we left there i'd i'd left my phone at home and mm-hmm. was i was thinking about it last night I was like pleasantly surprised at how even just a couple of days without living on the stinking phone you can yeah it's amazing take it? control back a little bit it's, you it's know it's really great yeah, and the kids yeah. find something else to do besides play the games on the phone and all that stuff oh yeah so it's amazing it's really good yeah super fun so yeah we just we just hacked out spring break and spring break 2019 in the books <laughs> yeah good so now it's right back to it yeah no it's always fun yeah and yeah, i look forward to that every so I'm just trying to get all oriented here at you know flight control and see what's going on. The uh, everything seems to be behaving itself. Would this shock you if I told you that the Dow is at twenty six five? New sort of, high? Oh, it's just right where it's been. I know everything's kind of scratching the high. I saw the S and P and one of the other indices was was at. Or maybe it was the Nasdaq. They were both at new all-time highs last week. Eighty-one forty-six on the Nasdaq. Twenty-three thirty-nine on the S and P five hundred. So yeah, there was that big correction that occurred right towards the end of last year. Oh yeah, the November to December <laughs> yeah, was, was brutal. Rough. And then here it is. It's all back. So hopefully, you know, we've talked about this periodically over the show. Hopefully you didn't move to yeah, cash you didn't on January 1st. You're like, Man, I got to get out of this stuff. It's just free falling. I read this really interesting <laughs> article um, because it was a sentiment that I had was like, um, especially around that tail end of last year, I thought, is it a good thing just to go to cash, whatever your investments are like? Just kind of looking at how long this economic cycle's been, the way it's wore on, what all the optimism's based on, you know, everything should, is it just, would it be smart to go to cash? So I decided to read a couple articles and, you know, of course the answers are no, right? Um, every, every single thing you see is like, is basically a, a financial advisor or an investment strategist or something of that nature, convincing you the bullet points of why you don't have the skills or ability to pick the timing of going to cash. And that even if you thought you were getting it right, you were only getting lucky. Like if your results were okay, you were only getting lucky. And then sort of mentioned like these several points in history. Well, let's say after this correction where you... Um, cause you're never going to want to go to cash before the big correction, no, right? It's always going to be, it's, it's happening it now. And I'm like, oh, I already lost 8%. I don't want to lose 20. And they were basically saying, so let's say that you did that each one of these times in history, the hopping back in point, once you're in cash is very difficult to pick. And you have essentially a complete inability to to see and recognize what the time to come back looks like. And the mere fact that you're out missing that time while you sit there with your analysis paralysis, that you're out. You've missed it. And then they show that it's those points of correction where 
you get back what you lost and then some. And I was like, eh. I believe it. Okay. But what if you, I mean, is do you see a scenario, is it possible a scenario right now? The Dow's at 26.5, right? What's the all-time high? 20... 26.6? I don't know. <laughs> Pretty per, close to per, where we are. Pert near here, right? <laughs> yeah. Pert near right where we're sitting. So that being said, since you know you're just right about here, is it possible that the Dow goes to 22,000, a 20% correction? Possible? Yeah. Yeah. I think it just did that. Yeah. I think it just did that. So, yes, it's possible. And, you know, like looking forward from here, is that a possibility? Sure. Anything's possible. So, how it's do you. It's possible for the Dow to get cut in half. Yeah. So, how. <laughs> yeah. So, how you plan for that, you know, that kind of thing. And obviously, there's a lot of different ways to diversify portfolios, you know, with different types of investment and those kind of things. But it makes me think that if your focus is if you're just hyper aware of the volatility, you're probably never very comfortable investing anyway, right? Right. Because it's just, it's a game of ups and downs and over the long haul, which again is the point of not panicking and, and selling out of everything over the long haul, the overall trend is clearly upward, outpacing inflation, right? So there you go. There's your there's your sage wisdom. You aren't gonna be lucky enough to figure out how to go to cash and just keep beating the market corrections. That's why I don't even try. Yeah, when yeah, I mean, in your scenario, if there is a 20% move is a pretty big move, right? It's huge. So if, like you said, it takes 8% for you to finally go, oh, this is a problem. And then likewise, on the way back up, you're like, oh, well, now I've recognized that it is going back up. The Probably 8%. 8% the other way. Uh, yeah. So now what? You're maybe like 4% here in the middle. If, if it's a big 20% correction. What is that? Are we about to take off? It kind of seems that way. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to figure out what that is. Sounds like somebody's like drilling into something. Oh, you know what? I saw, There were those guys next door at the office next door that were like some Wi-Fi install. Oh. Of some kind, which uh, okay. I've never needed to drill to install Wi-Fi. Kind of yeah, doing coming up under really the floor, it kind of feels like someone's <laughs> testing the flaps. That, you know, <laughs> for this being a soundproof studio, it's not very soundproof no. right now. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. That was crazy. All of a sudden, the, it it's like a little vibration. Hopefully it doesn't noise. go on for two hours. <laughs> right. You have that 20% correction, though? Imagine like you save yourself, like you're just good old fashioned hard work and you save yourself a hundred grand. The overall market, no matter how well diversified you are, the overall everything dips 20%. So you're looking up going, wait a minute, huh? I have 80 grand. <laughs> you worked this hard, saved those real money and then put them into the betting system and somehow you have that much less that's a that's an upsetting thing yet we expect if you give them the 100 grand well and i'll check in next year i want to see about 120 or so sound fair 
I mean, you're getting my hundred grand, right? Just doesn't always shape up that way. That that <laughs> drilling. I wonder if that's the, really. I'm, I, I wonder might, if it's going over the microphone if people I, can hear the I drilling. It's pretty. It's yeah, a, it's pretty loud. Pretty loud drilling. Go over there and see um, how long are we going to be doing this, guys? We, yeah, we just going, a couple like, more. Well, maybe they could just line up all their drill holes and just drill during the break. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do the first commercial break here. Take some time out to thank the sponsors. And, uh, yeah, and you know, we're contractually obligated to these sponsors, too, to make sure we squeeze these breaks in here. Now, the drilling won't go out over the break, so you'll be able to hear the commercials. Much sure. better, much, much better. better. So, yeah, this is your chance to get good listening during the pre-recorded break. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. 38830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Welcome back. That music's just got to make you want to scoot to the edge of your seat and think about doing something, huh? Oh, yeah, boy. (laughs) Maybe I should be doing something. We were talking about briefly about how it would be nice to have some rain and thunder and lightning, and Mm -hmm. there it is. So, Thunderstruck, ACDC. That's how that works in that. Brilliant. Yeah, there we are. Of course, never mind uh, any chance I get to play an easy, easy song. I'll be doing right. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because of what we were talking about. Yeah. Not because yeah. I love this Just because I have my finger <laughs> over the button. Give me a reason. Yeah. Right. Give me like, a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I've always wondered what that button with the lightning bolt is. And, and yeah. now I know. It's just the, the ACDC, ACDC button. button. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Got that ACDC ready to go right now. See, there it is. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. So we were talking about the markets kind of bumping all-time highs here again. And, you know, GDP is the the driver of this, which I think is interesting. There's a little something to talk about here. So GDP for the first quarter showed growth at 3.2% shattering the 2.2% expectation. And that's kind of interesting, right? In an era where we got the Fed kind of slowing the pace a little bit and almost feeling, um, you know, nervous with their play, you see first quarter GDP here with a uh, a real good look. There ain't, there ain't nothing wrong with three and a quarter um, GDP. The... The interest one of the interesting things in the the read here though is that um I mean the expectation was two point two percent. And number one, one of the larger of the growth areas was was government spending. And sh- so here's question number one. Should we get real excited about that? If the mm-hmm. if the government spending is the the big part of GDP, um and secondly, um, export prices had a lot to do with GDP. Um, I don't know. Makes me wonder in the middle of all these trade wars, are, are exports getting some unsustainable shot in the arm? Or are these results expected to be permanent um, when these trade deals finalize? Do these things change? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anybody has the answer to those questions. But but those are the two biggest parts um, of the growth in GDP. Uh, it's still 
still a strong number. It's hard to deny that. And how many quarters of GDP do you have before the Fed says we're good to raise rates? I mean, the, the stock markets are loving it. Sure. Yeah, well, and, and I'm reading here to, to put into context the government purchases, the that component alone contributed about 0.4% to that GDP number. So even without that government it's spending still portion, you're still at 2.8, which is solid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the government purchases are... Those those aren't going to be there consistently. It'll depend on the budget, the administration, you know, the needs of today versus tomorrow. Yep. Um, that kind of thing. The what was the other big component you said? Oh, uh, just inventories. Oh, everything yeah. I've seen says that there's a a larger trade deficit. So we're just exporting more and importing more <laughs> everything's yeah. more yeah <laughs> or just consuming more yeah that you know that deficit is is the gap measured in billions and you can certainly export more to be driving up your own you know your own ticker on the gdp but you're also importing more it's certainly in flux so it's not something to count on nope. for future um it also looks like Consumer spending, lo love this. This report I'm looking at on Market Watch says consumer spending decelerated to a 1.2 percent gain. So consumer spending down a little bit, slower than the um, than it's been in about a year, but still up 1.2 mm percent. -hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I like this when it breaks it down into the what makes up the 3.2 percent. The net exports was right around 1% of the total GDP reading. Consumer spending was at 0.8% of the GDP. That's pretty cool. Hmm. In that um, consumer spending is supposed to be two-thirds two -thirds of our economy. It's clearly not. It's less than one-third. Well, we're counting on foreign consumers as well. Uh, okay. So that's where, and that I you so know, domestic consumer spending, at least for Q1, at 0.8 percent of the 3.2 numbers, roughly a quarter, yeah, 25 percent of total GDP, and then when you add in the net exports, which would be the foreign consumer, right? So now you got about 1.8. You know, I was I was rounding. It's really 1.85 percent. Yeah, not quite two thirds. Well, the the GDP growth is impressive, and one of the reasons this matters so much is it um, would generally be that vote of confidence. If the if the GDP numbers are in solid ground, stable, and growing, that makes the investor more comfortable to bet on business, right? So that's where we see these these stock market indices really um, on firm ground. Interestingly enough, the bond market we finished up, I know I've been saying for a couple of months now, we've been, we had that nice little dip at the end of March and then we've basically, we've had ever since then around this 2.5 number for the 10 year bond yield. And last week at the beginning of the week, tail end of the prior week, we were, Testing 
It was just getting close there. And so this week, which is rounded out by this fantastic GDP read, the stock markets are doing really well. Generally, you would expect that that's also going to push the bond yields up higher, right? To keep mm -hmm. attracting that investor because there isn't, these numbers don't suggest a need for a safe investment, right? Um, the 10 year finished up yesterday at 2.50. Mm. So we're right back there where we've kind of been living for the last four weeks or so. Um, and that feels all right. Well, there's some confusing components, I think, to this this economy right now and it's it's highlighted in this gdp report you know we've let me just move over to jobs real quick jobs are strong right we've had strong hiring we've had i mean a couple you know very very good hiring months i think the four month running average is like two hundred and fifty thousand jobs added per month or something very good the unemployment rates you know well below four percent right now um, we've had, we've started to see a little bit of, of positive movement in the wage earnings. So we've got this strong jobs market, um, but we're seeing weakness in consumer spending and it, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Usually when people are employed and you know, feeling good about opportunities for better employment, for raises, for for new job opportunities. Um, you know that that provides that confidence, and that that would typically mean that a consumer's confident and willing to spend the dollars they have today, knowing that there's a high likelihood they're going to earn as much or more tomorrow. But we're not seeing that, and that's one of the puzzling things in this GDP report. Here is is that, um, you know, in December, retail sales were down 1.6%, and that trend is still persisting here into the first quarter. So where's the consumer? Why are they absent, or not absent, but why, why aren't they here like we would expect them to be in this economy? I don't know the answer to the question. Um, I suspect it's different things for different people, right? I mean, it's April. So you look at these last couple of months. Um, Maybe uncertainty around what the tax changes were actually going to result in for people's personal tax situation. Yeah. So maybe we're just in a save mode. And it, some it. of your spending is just hospitality, right? Dining out, going to hotels, little then walking around the, the cute little seaside shops and buying the, the things that you're buying when you're out. And, um, you know, maybe... Maybe people are just uh, saving up for summer. I don't know. Gas prices are out of control. We even talk about that. They're getting up there again, huh? Super expensive and heading higher. I see these news articles about... Um, Did you see the thing about... Um Gavin Newsom wanting to know why, you know, trying yeah. to figure out why they're so high. They're just going to tell him it's about the summer blend. It's the summer blend. <laughs> yeah. And maybe all the taxes that we put in on top of the actual gas. And Well, yeah. weren't, the, weren't the taxes there earlier <laughs> yeah, this year yeah. when they were cheaper? Uh, yeah, but, but yeah. It's the I think Nobody it's... gets to complain about gas taxes anymore, though, because uh, we voted <laughs> to keep a gas tax as yeah. a people. So you exactly. just, every time you pull up, 
whatever that one is, another fourteen cents or whatever. You just just remember how much the, was it? Was it even yeah. more than that? Just re- remember that the majority of the people voted to keep that tax in place. Yeah. Well, if um, if prices are dependent largely dependent on supply and demand, can't the suppliers just produce less to create a little more demand, create a little higher price for their sure could for their stuff. Sure could. Well, and as we go to the more fuel-efficient vehicles, too, there's going to be less demand for gasoline. Right. Yeah. So I saw an article. I was going to try to pull it up real quick. I saw an article. I only read, like, the headline in the first paragraph, but it was some report just came out that said the Teslas are not quite the um, the environmental... Well benefit that we believed them to be that they produce more Mm -hmm. co2 than diesels well and you got to remember too (laughs) what do you do do with the batteries when they become no good that's what i wonder exactly so i mean they have to be recycled i kind of wish the other jason was here right now he could maybe kind of enlighten us on that from the motor mouse but but it was like uh you got it i mean there's good and bad in all this stuff Plus, yeah. you, have to have, you have to have the power generation stations to be able to create this says power a, to recharge your batteries. A Tesla so. 3 produces more CO2 than a diesel car, says a new study. Mm-hmm. A German think tank um, is arguing that electric vehicles are not the environmental heroes they are touted to be. It's kind of an interesting thing. Sure seems better than burning gasoline all over the place Seems you could like charge it. off solar i'm still waiting for the uh you know the car at the end of the first back to the future when he has the mr fusion yeah. but you just put all the <laughs> trash put the in? trash in there that solves a couple of problems yeah. solves yeah. our our petroleum problem uh-huh. solves our trash except problem. for i remember iconically <laughs> in that scene he's like throwing a banana peel in there yeah thinking, okay um, <laughs> if they were really tuned into the future, it would be like plastic. Right. Yeah. Somebody build a motor that like runs off of disposable plastic <laughs> that we just and seem it, to be in love with. Maybe Cold Canyon Landfill could be Cold Canyon again, not yeah. Cold Canyon Landfill. <laughs> we could not be filling up the canyon with trash. Maybe banana peels don't <laughs> degrade in the future. <laughs> I don't know. It's all about solar power, man. That's what's going on. I'm getting sucked into this thing over here, trying to see all the <laughs> all the points about this, how these electric vehicles are. Anyway. So, it, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it seems like it really matters on how you charge your electric vehicle. How you charge it? Yeah, if you live in a place that's obviously, like, think about this extreme. Think about a plant, a power plant generating electricity for you to charge your car that's running off of dirty coal. Mm. That's awful, right? Sure. Versus... If you have just a solar panel at home or something. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. What Um, were you saying, Dan? I was just looking at mortgage applications for this week. We're down, surprisingly. Um, the hype's over, man. I guess. Mortgage apps were down 7.3% um, for the week 
ending April 20th, 19th. Um, you can almost always point straight to the interest rates to see that. When there's sure. a little bit of a dip and a little bit of a correction, um, you can almost always just line those two things right up. Oh, man, I was going to log into my Optimal Blue real quick and tell you. <laughs> no one knows what that is. <laughs> no. <laughs> you mean the listeners? <laughs> right. No. I know what that it is. It has a new skin on it. No, I was going to log into my Optimal Blue because I have this scenario that I, I got in, and now I can just I can just hit submit, and I can tell you guys with APR, nice and compliantly, um, what interest rates are this week. We should probably start doing a segment every single week where we just re, you know, do display it. Yeah. Talk about what the rate is. Talk for about week. the rate just real quick and what happened there. So I'm going to go to the top of the heap here for Wells Fargo. They're up there on the delegated conforming side. Um, <laughs> we have. Uh, so we talk about Wells quite a bit, and um, they're one of our main investors now that we're selling loans to. And interestingly enough, we can give you a better rate on that um, than if you went straight into a Wells Fargo branch. Um, many of the banks that we work with have retail presence too, right? They've got um, just higher overhead in running that brand and model. So they do to companies like us that have all of the potential executions, they give us um, you know, a competitive price that would attempt to uh, win that business away from the other channels it might go down. Um, and of course, since I mentioned them by name, I should start by saying this is the case with us is that what we do is we're fully originating. <laughs> Oh, he put, he hit the, <laughs> put the lightning bolt button on. Push the lightning bolt button again. <laughs> I was just looking emojis and stuff oh like that. Why? Forgot to switch it back. Wow. Sorry about that. All right. I'm awake. <laughs> I'm awake. Yeah. yeah, I'm awake for sure. Um. Anyways, I was just starting to say is that we do 100% of the loan process in-house with most of the investors that we work with, um, but especially the ones where we're fully delegated in-house underwriting, we draw our own docs, make the underwriting decision, fund the loan completely in-house, and then generally sell or assign these loans to a long-term servicer. That's basically how it works. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm here on the page now. I can tell you it looks like the interest rate this week is a four and a quarter. So this would be like a no points 30 year fix. You're at a four and a quarter, um, which is a 4.315 APR. What good credit, 20% um, down. Yeah, that's exactly right. I do. So in this scenario that I've built, I do a $400,000 loan, 20% um, down with a 760 credit score on just a single family owner occupied. So um, some of those, it's important to clarify those attributes because some of those characteristics are gonna change what your price might be. You know, if you have a 690 credit score or only 5% down or 
Um, like, what if you higher have, loan amount? Yeah, or if you have yeah, exactly. Or if you have an eight hundred credit score and much more down. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. people have fifty percent down. They're doing a loan right now for somebody that has seventy percent down on a house. Um, super impressive. So those characteristics change a little bit, but um, you could clearly see here though in this um, product pricing engine that I'm looking at that the pressure is so close to just pushing that interest rate to 4.375, where two weeks ago, 80% of these companies we sell loans to would be in that 4.25 camp. It's a skinny camp now. Um, it looks like the broader camp that you're going to find is at about the 4.375 level. And that causes the little bit of slowing. People are um, excited for that big dip. And then, um, you know, now we'll just be hoping that we dip there again. It'll be um, something to look forward to anyway. All right, Mr. You might have guessed what my song to come back with is. Um, something from ACDC. Apparently. Yeah, I don't doubt that. That guy, sound, that guy sounded <laughs> pretty angry in the part that you played, so I'm not sure I could name that tune. Yeah. Um, Sorry about that. It's all anyway, good. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and do our uh, final commercial break here of this hour. and We'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805-772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. 
Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328-358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Jason's available, apparently. Right? <laughs> I think it'd be hoarse after the first song. <laughs> you mentioned um, a, a minute ago soft retail sales. Mm-hmm. Soft retail sales. Um, where's the consumer? You know what's what's up with the consumer? And um, you know, other than GDP this week, the other like real um, kind of current time relevant, what I'd call primary data, like market moving data uh, that. First tier data um, showed uh, was the reading about U.S. consumer sentiment, and um, it was slightly above estimates on upbeat personal finance expectation and buying conditions. Um, that's kind of interesting. Basically, just seems like um, you know. Sentiment, they're expecting sentiment will pick up in the near future here um, with the stock market being at record highs. Um, the economy is looking good. The jobs market is looking good. Um, and essentially what, you know, interestingly, you see these different, the, the way that the consumer sentiment stuff is being digested this go around feels like um, it's not super easy to read. And I suspect it's because some of the people asking these questions are in the headspace that you're in, Dan, which is, well, if you're, if your sentiment's okay, then where's your checkbook? Why are you hoarding those dollars instead of getting out and spending them? And, um, I also wonder too, maybe some of that has to do with finally having some savings rates. Right? Maybe. You can plunk a little bit of cash down into a CD right now and make two and a quarter percent, you know, over a few month period. That's like a new thing for this generation. <laughs> it's been a while. 
think about these kids that are under 30. They haven't had a savings rate like yeah, ever. For their entire employed lives. Yeah. And so now that's kind of exciting, right? Um, not to mention there's also new software too that's the apps and different things that are trying to help people budget and understand how to save. Or That's true. Like Acorn rounding off those the little pennies off of your dollar purchase and just putting those away into the little savings account. Um, it's easy to get excited about saving money, right? Yeah, it makes you wonder if if some of these, I, I want to say, you know, numbers where traditionally, you know, one number would indicate the direction of another number. Here, maybe we're just changing our habits as consumers in general because of these technology aids and and other things. Maybe, maybe just coming out of this recessionary period has people thinking a little bit differently about how and when to spend their money having a rainy day fund yeah maybe it's just maybe the consumer isn't the same consumer as they've been you know in the the recent past i also think too like i mean i always try to think about myself and and what what i'm spending money on or um what might affect my attitude about whether or not i feel um comfortable spending money or or willing to spend money i don't know the right word there but um man generally i'd have to say that there's not things really that i want for and i i feel that when you're ready now to take the plunge look it up on your phone or your computer go do something and now you're going to be it's everywhere your opportunity to buy is everywhere mm-hmm and so um, I almost feel like there's this compartmentalized world over there. It's like, well, yeah, when I decide I really need it, I can go buy it. But for now, I don't really need it. And I'm not interested in getting into that deluge of advertising and the just, you know, the whole thing. And so I, I sort of feel like I'm not. I mean, other than those things where it's back to school shopping or it's holidays or it's, you know, you're, you're like in my case, my boys always, it's like, well, it's baseball season. So get your cleats out. And it's like, dang, the cleats are a size and a half too small now. So we're going cleat shopping again. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, it's like, I don't, I don't feel like, um, in the bigger, broader picture of the bigger economy, you know, I feel like we shop more or less for our needs and I don't really need to feel confident or not about the economy to want to have my needs met. I don't know. So I just think about the rest of the people and yeah, I definitely think that if you're in that situation where, um, if your budget is coming down to dollars a week, right? And I know a lot of people are this way. Um, we know that as a country, we have millions of people living this way where gas going up by 20 or 30 cents a gallon um, can make a real difference in where you're at there. Um, you know, that another thing is interesting, a month or so ago, we saw all these headlines about how 
um, I sort of laughed because there was this like, you know, look at all these people now. Thanks to Trump's tax plan, they're getting lower tax refunds. And I'm like, okay, that's funny. Um, whether or not you like all that, if you paid lower taxes, you're also going to get a lower refund. So the average refund would be going down just based on that. Well, a and refund's it, directly related to your withholding. And so <laughs> the whole idea of only measuring the amount of refund is a flawed thing. You got to look at the... right effective tax rate at the end of the year over the income earned not whether you withheld <laughs> yeah, by you, claiming zero or five it sounds like if your tax refunds were down you probably your withholding was different than it had been in the past or some i don't know that's but i think you know when i think about this potential of a changing consumer i i see that i see a lot of thoughtfulness I guess is the word I'm thinking of Thought thoughtfulness of the younger, this millennial generation. You see it a lot with environmental type issues. They think about, I don't know. And some of the thing, you know, everyone has their opinions on it, but things like, you know, just what kind of products are they using? What kind of, you know, are, are they using plastic straws that are going, you know, let's think about the long-term effects of what we're doing today. Right. And I think in that same sense, they're thinking about that with their money. Um, you know, what are the long-term implications of me spending this money today? Well, what's it going to prevent me from being able to purchase tomorrow? And, and I think they just have a, there's a, they're being brought up with a different outlook of, you know, think about the big picture. Don't think about just your wants today. Think about your needs tomorrow and spend accordingly. And so I think you have a more thoughtful generation of consumers being brought up today. Sure. I I can see that. I mean, I hope that's true. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I also find myself... I don't want that to finding, be true. You know, because kids also are very willing to just say, oh, I want that now. But it <laughs> my kids, now that they're teenagers <laughs> and they're like earning money and working, like, you know, even getting W-2s from people. Um, it's funny. I've seen a real shift in willingness to spend my money versus willingness to spend their money. Right. Once they start realizing what it takes to earn money, yeah. then all of a sudden they protect it a little hey, more. Hey, dad, can I have <laughs> X? I'm like, that's not something i'm willing to buy you today but you have money get it you know how long it takes me to earn 30 bucks mike and yeah. somehow your 30 bucks <laughs> is more valuable than my 30 bucks no, i don't think so that's a pretty funny thing i think is um being more connected to it um so i, I see that i see that with my kids and i i think too that um it feels more than ever that there's opportunities to blow your money everywhere now, right? Like, think about some of these kids have got, you know, if you're playing Fortnite, which I've never, I don't even know if I could tell you what that thing looks like, that game, but all the kids play it. Um, and you can spend money in there, right? Like, there's in-app purchases is how they call it. And does that get it. tracked in these consumer spending? I'm sure. You think so? I'm sure. Okay. Um, but I, but my bigger point, though, is that... Um, 
there's all this, like, we're at the generation now of everything's like the add-on, and there's a fee here, and you can get the free one, but it's covered in ads, and it sucks, but if you pay this fee, then you can get it without ads, and if you want this, then it's this price, and you can do this for this upgrade, and maybe just consumers are just getting to the point where they're just going to be a lot more discerning about how and when they're spending money since the opportunities to spend are everywhere. Like I remember when I was a little kid, I could collect money, you know, during the week, mow lawn, do, you know, do whatever, get a couple bucks. Um, there wasn't a lot of opportunity to spend it though. You know, you would be like, or at least you weren't aware of it. <laughs> it just wasn't. I mean, I remember we could go down to the corner store but, you know, we weren't allowed to walk there during the week. There's a little bit farther trek down there to the corner store where we go, you know, buy a soda and some Pop Rocks or whatever. And so that was like a weekend thing. Um, and most of the time, like, the ice cream trucks seem to come by on the weekend or whatever. But but now you have your handheld device and you could purchase anything from I anywhere. Get a, I can get an ice cream sandwich hand. on Amazon. Right. It'll be here in an hour. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's true. There's a... it, it's kind of taken me back to our conversation this weekend uh, or this this past week about, you know, the, the kid who's not allowed to have candy ever growing up. And then when they're around it, they frenzy versus the kid where it's always accessible. and It's just not that big of a deal. It's there. <laughs> yeah. It's not whatever. really a commodity. I'll, I'll get it when I want it. Or Take it or leave it. it. But yeah. it's not a big deal. It's kind of like that with these with this consumer well, now you can buy everything <laughs> now so it's not that big of a deal right so eh, i'm numb to your discounted offer today only Whatever. so i'd It'll rather tomorrow so i'd rather <laughs> grow a beard and hang out on the beach <laughs> in a flannel you know that's cool so it's the new way um don't be over excited to spend your dollars our economy needs you to, though. All right, guys, we have the top of the hour break. We have about five minutes. We'll be back with a whole nother hour of Mortgage Matters. Hope you stick around. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to CentralCoastLending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Got a fresh cup of joe. We're ready. We're halfway back and halfway ready. Halfway back. I'm We're, back. I can't find my... Jason's nearly back. What are you looking for? What are you for? missing, A cord Jason? of some kind? That uh, cord. The uh, bright <laughs> red cord. I'm just wondering well, why Jason behind, didn't have the headphones on. It was behind on, yeah. my laptop. Yeah. There was... Uh, it still Jesus. feels early, man. It does. I felt groggy this morning after... I just don't... I mean, I was comfortable in my tent. I feel like I've got a pretty good setup. I was comfortable. I slept good, slept through the nights, but I don't think my sleep was as hard as it is in my own bed. 
Just because there's a lot of sounds that are just yeah. happening. Yeah. Always listening. I, I think I've conditioned myself over the my camping lifetime to always be on the listen for some kind of creature outside. That's <laughs> like rattling into your food box. Although we've noticed in Big Sur yeah. that's a pretty infrequent thing. You might yeah. get a raccoon or something. Yeah, but, I had one of those one time. But Tahoe, man, you got to like watch out because a bear might roll up on you. Yeah. <laughs> and that you want to be a... Like, aware of uh, <laughs> locking your toothpaste somewhere <laughs> right. not on your person <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. yeah i went one time with one of my nephews and i was like uh camping out there and we're like um, we heard something outside the tent we're like he's like well should we go check it out and i'm probably not <laughs> probably uh, not just whatever we forgot out there it'd just be gone in the morning I, get it. <laughs> I remember when i was little i went camping yeah with um one of my dad's really good friends, we called him Uncle Rich because he was like, you know, just an, an uncle by um, close family relations. So anyways, he took, he said, hey, I'm going to, my cousins are coming out from whatever other state, nephews are coming out from whatever other state they live in. And they're about your guys' age and you'd have a great time. So he said, we're going to go camping up um, kind of near Mammoth. And I think it'd be great if you guys came. So my brother and I went with these other two dudes that we met as we were, like, climbing in his van to go camping. Yeah. And uh, so it was off the backside of Mammoth down by, like, uh, Sacher Lake, basically, this little campground. A pretty awesome place. And we made a couple mistakes that trip, not being so familiar with bear. Yeah. One of them was we were fishing, and a... Right through our campground, there was a little stream. Yeah. And so we kept the fish that we caught in the morning on stringers and brought them back to camp. And then in an effort to keep them fresh, yeah. we just kept them in the stream. Yeah. Super cold water rolling by. We hooked it to like a root that was grown into the river. Mm-hmm. So apparently we had like a trout kebab lined up from for some bears that came through that night. Right, and they yeah. were pretty happy with that offering. <laughs> and um, anything, my uncle had a van that he like he had made, like had like a bed in it and that kind of thing. And we were sleeping in tents, of course. And so um, we hear the bear eating the trout, which is like twenty five or so feet away from where we're at the campfire. Yeah. And so we're like, oh my gosh, there's a bear! So we of course run. We want into the van. And Richard goes to the window and basically is like, well, if there's a bear, get away from my van. (laughs) He doesn't want us drawing the attention to him. We're like, dude, let us in. Yeah. Are are you kidding me? If they're into you, you guys got to take them somewhere else. (laughs) So we had to lock ourselves in the bathroom for a while, like while this thing finished tossing the rest of camp. Yeah. We were, I think sure. we were in the middle they of... They will do that. We too. were in the middle of s'mores when the when the guy figured out that we had, you know, marshmallows on the chair, and mm-hmm. they ate a lot of things. Oh, they'll eat a lot of stuff, yeah. Just flipped a lot of things over and checked a lot of things out, and... Yeah. Um, was, well, speaking of the s'mores, because my story, what we had forgotten to put away, is we put everything away, but we had a few crackers left out, and so we'd forgotten to put away the rest of the crackers that we didn't use to make s'mores with. Yeah. So they'll eat pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. 
Yeah. Um, I was trying to look up savings rates, Dan, like, um, kind of wanted to drill into that a little bit. And I found this interesting article here that's talking about, um, millennials and, and their savings habit. Um, it says basically that millennials are a little more frugal than the rest of us who aren't millennials. Um, but essentially the percentage of income saved through the years, it was, um, it was like most recently peaked. So this, this is a graph I'm looking at that goes from the fifties and the savings rate as a percentage of income, um, well, wait, let me start here. The percentage of income spent on housing in, and this is by decades. We have 1950, 60, 70, you know, on through, um, 24.4% was how much percentage of income was spent on housing in 1950. Like the purchase of housing or housing-related items? I think this is just talking about the housing costs, be it like rent or mortgage. Okay. Yeah. Um, this stuff gets alarming so fast when you start looking at these things. Because also, like, I just want to draw your mind back to 1950. As I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about my grandparents, right? Um all of them had a work provided secured pension. Whereas today it's like 10% of people have a pension. Well, and anymore it's like your, your pension's going to be CalPERS or CalSTRS right around here. Cause you work for the state or, you know, local government. And outside of that, can you think of anybody, Jim, you too, you work here for the radio station, you know, a whole lot of people, do you know of many people around that have a non-government-based employer that's providing them with some sort of pension type of plan? Not really. Everybody I know that, my wife and I were talking about this recently, everybody I know that really seems to have it going on, like they, like you look at them and you're like, you got it going on. You have a, you have a, like your house and your family and your car, like you just, you, you're thriving in a world where some people are just getting by, you're thriving. Yeah. And we look at it and most of those people are either, um, the, the vast majority of them, I think it's just in part where we are, but the vast majority of them are their government employees. Mm -hmm. They're, um, working at the prison. They're working at the, um, state hospital. They're working at Cal Poly. Um, yeah, the, just and making good money. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I got a buddy that's highway patrol making 140 grand a year. Mm -hmm. And um I'm not going to get in the weeds about whether that's a lot or a little and deserve it or not, but I I personally feel like that's a lot of money. Um well, plus when they retire, they get to keep a lot of that. Yeah. And then they also get the the so you have these, retirement. So my point fantastic. was you know, looking back from the 50s where you were spending 24.4% of your income on housing, um, today it feels like a lot more than that. And this is national, of course. Um, this this chart tops out in 2016 where it says that um, 
Americans spent 25.3% of their income on housing. Hmm. You made the face that I'm making in my heart, which is, yeah, right. Um, I was going to say closer to 55%, but that's California. True. We're in California. True. Um, housing is exceptionally expensive. And um, it's not to say there aren't some good jobs, too. But no matter what you're doing, um, you can be spending a lot of a lot of your income on housing, right? The peak of this graph, by the way, for the amount of um, income spent on housing is 1985. Weird, right? Hmm. 28.4%. And I was trying to think about that just real quick. That's like the Reagan era, right? So you have the Carter to Reagan handoff. You had high interest rates. Um, a real inflationary environment. So could just be that that's probably what's bottled up there. It's hard for me to imagine that um, we're not well over that today. But again, I have the California goggles on, right? Everything I see is people slave to their house payment in California. It's not uncommon for us. I'd say the average person through our office is probably spending... 42% of their gross income on their housing go expense. I was going to say 35 to 40%. I think of how many we eke through at 44.9 or 49.9. But that's also a total debt ratio. When you're looking at just the housing, I don't know. I mean, it's I, I would say closer to 40, we could argue on the highest, you know, on the... Of above gr- or below of that gross too though yeah of gross that's a lot <clears throat> um real median household income has changed on this same article that i'm looking at um from 1984 it went from like 49,000 and some change to 2016 to 59,000 so that's not Enough from eighty what eighty four. Meanwhile, the cost of a home has gone from two hundred thousand to six hundred thousand. Yeah. <laughs> well, why didn't why didn't incomes triple like housing did? Well, you know, when you first said you were going to look at savings rates, I thought you meant well, like the actual no, return we're... on savings. Oh, right, right. And it... I was going to say, I. Uh, anyway, I, I thought the it made me think, it, is there a better place to put away saved, earned money than real estate? Has there ever been a time when a, a rate of return on some kind of bank account or CD is better than the rate of return on real estate? Um. Yeah, of course. You of course. So? Yeah, if you took like... If you were trying to prove your point and you went and took real snapshots of very specific and narrow parts of history where real estate values declined while savings rates were constant. But um, if you did it not over like a short period, I'm talking at least a 10 year period. Absolutely not. Because I think when you're putting money in your savings account, you're not really planning on touching that for five or 10 years, maybe longer. So yeah, but look, look at, over that same period at the return on real estate. Yeah, ever. 
10-year period in real estate's a pretty nice broad swath. Um, and this is why we tell people oftentimes, have a 10-year plan. You know, if you buy a house, try to try to figure out like the 10-year side, you know. In 10 years, a lot of things happen. Um, just leave leave the fact that you're amortizing your loan balance down over that 10-year period. Just the fact that, that homes are appreciating at a at a pace of on the downside you could say probably call it three percent a year over that 10-year period and some of them like we know cyclically that you should plan on two of them being minus three percent some of them are going to be more than that so you know you have probably over that 10-year period you're going to be making um real appreciation rates of um you know, potentially four, five, six, seven percent, and um, I mean, savings rate. Like, you, you, I hate to say, just look at this last decade, but it's one that we're all intimately familiar with. If you bought real estate ten years ago with forty thousand dollars down, and then you also put forty thousand dollars into the best CD you could find ten years ago, today that CD has like. $40,800 in it <laughs> and the home you bought 10 years ago with $40,000 down you've turned that that $300,000 plus in equity it's something. not even close yeah. <laughs> yeah um the some other interesting things about this chart though um percentage of income spent on health care over that same period from the 50s it made up 4.6% Whereas today it makes up 6.2% um, of your total income. I feel like that's probably even higher um, by now. Percentage of income spent on food is crazy. This is really crazy. 1950 was at 267 you would be spending as much money on food. As on housing? As on housing. Wow. Crazy, right? And this number in this chart has fallen so dramatically that by 1960, it's it's 19.6%. And then it spends 20 years at 14%, where today it's at 9.6%. Wow. Um, and think about today how much more people are willing to eat out. If for no other reason than, you know, we've got like walkable, bikeable, livable cities, but also just your ability to get Uber Eats delivered mm. to you, um, whatever. It just seems to me that, um, what was that? That comedian we saw a few weeks ago was talking about all the, the cool hipster bars now where you have the, you know, gastro pub food with some name with the, you know, hooks and barbells or something. Everything's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, so yeah, in 2016, this thing says that the percentage of income spent on food is down to 9.6%. Um, amount of income spent on apparel. This this blows my mind, too. In 1950, 10.3% of your gross income was spent on apparel, whereas today it's 2.4%. Again, feels like we're buying... A lot today, but evidently it's just less money than what, you know, as that 
um, percentage of income spent on transportation in 1950 was 12 percent and in 2016 was 12 percent whoa so the huh. the in the transportation component of our budget has been pretty constant um yeah although anyhow um you get down through all these things and look at um basically everything has gone up in cost and pensions and retirements are in a bad way and wages have not kept up with the inflation rate basically and so um there you are there's some reason that people are saving less and like you started this little segment a while ago of saying, well, maybe people are starting to consider that passing the instant gratification of spending the money today to have some money for tomorrow is probably a prudent thing to do. Um, and by the way, this is going to hit squarely on the nose of one of the main reasons that I think people should consider buying real estate if you don't already own real estate is in more ways than one, it's sort of a forced savings. If it appreciates, fantastic. If you buy it today and maintain it for 20 years and it really never goes up in value, but you were forced to pay to save that money for 20 years, at least now you have some kind of plan, right? You have some equity. Maybe it's time to sell your you know, whatever your Los Osos house and move to Flagstaff where your equity now could be completely buy you a house outright and just take care of that part of your budget. This is one of the things that um, I just don't think people talk about enough is that the one of the best ways to accumulate real wealth and, and maybe we should even start to describe it as a way to survive retirement, that period of where you're not going to be earning much money trying to live off of just Social Security or something, having bought yourself a home during your earning years, uh, for many of us, is going to be the one of the only smart things we ever did, right? And, you know, it's like I look at that forced savings. I've always done this with my kids. I force them to save 50% of every dollar they ever get. They have to, and they don't love that. But it's just the gig. If somebody gives you a hundred bucks for Christmas, guess what you got? Access to fifty bucks to get yourself something you're going to enjoy. The other fifty bucks is going away for later. Um, but when you're an adult and now you don't have dad breathing down your neck making you save, then what? So if you get two thousand bucks this month after all your bills are paid, what happens to the two thousand bucks? Do you spend it or do you save it? Well, most people, I think, are going to spend most of the money. Um, if you have a mortgage, now you have to pay the mortgage, right? So it's forced. It was an obligation. I had wrote the check. That money's gone. So now I'm going to take a lawn chair to the beach tomorrow instead of fly to Miami for spring break. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, that that's real. You have no choice. You're, you had an obligation. You wrote the check. You saved. Done. So I think a lot of people need that, need that, just that reminder. You need that, people. You need to get yourself in the forced savings habit 
um, and wealth creation that is owning real estate. All right, we need to take a break. It's 1027. We've got some fantastic sponsors that help make this show possible, and we're going to give them a little bit of time here. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending, and I want to thank you for supporting us these past 11 years. We have helped thousands of local residents buy and refinance homes here on the Central Coast, and we couldn't have done it without you. We are sincerely grateful and look forward to serving you for many years to come. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328-358. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason.
Is that Kiss? Oh, no. <laughs> I love Kiss. ACDC. Come on. I know. I just was, I was trying to be Scott funny. Scott Taylor's over there like, you said Kiss. I was trying to be funny. Like if you were, if you were trying to really offend an ACDC guy and you let that whole music bed came in yeah. all the way through and then you said... Oh, yeah. What Scott, is this? Just, Scott just uh, agreed with the offense of the ACDC guy. Yeah. Too. Is this Man, Kiss? I, I love Jack Black. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, boy, gotta love the bagpipes here too. That's how they work the bagpipes into the tune. <laughs> is this from School of Rock? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love it, huh? Yeah, that's true. That is. <laughs> Uh. Funny. Um, speaking of which, I this this there's no other real relevance here other than the fact that I just want to gripe about this for a minute, just so you just so you can hear me and I can just get it off my conscience. I saw another article this week in the news about Social Security. Seems like it's um pretty regular like this idea that the fund is going bankrupt and it's drying up and somebody needs to do something about it and um i get it i just want to tell you um what all right sometimes you have to think about this this way um how many people do you know sort of helps you wrap your mind around how widespread something is or not. I feel like we were doing this just the other day. I was using this logic on an, on another little thing here. Um, yeah. Social security, right? Who gets fired up about social security? You guys care? Whatever. You're indifferent to it. Um, we pay our whole working lives into social security and, um, reading, this uh, trustees report about how they're running out of money. There's like this trajectory where the thing's dying off. So I just want to tell you this. And again, it's not a whole lot of relevance here. I just want to offer this up for anybody that's listening. I know three people in my life personally where I can say that I have firsthand knowledge of them and their lifestyle that are well below retirement age. Well, one of them is closer to retirement age now, but below retirement age and are on permanent social security, like disability social security that, um, like drug addict, non-working, like, and I want to air quotes disabled, like destroyed their whole life, right? With drugs and just being idiots and are now awarded social security um, to just age gracefully with this, you know, check you get every day. And like I said, never even really worked. How do you do that? How does that work? Um, it's so frustrating me. So I see these articles about how the social security fund is drying up and something we need to do about it. And, um, yeah, it's just so frustrating to me. I see these things and think about 
how and the other thing too i don't even know if a lot of people realize this but one of these guys in particular i won't say who it is just because i think it's poor taste but again very close firsthand knowledge of this um junky drunk non-working in and out of jail just not a contributing member to to society um now hitting this part where, well, my body's too broken down to work. Okay, well, so you apply for Social Security Disability, and they said no, right? Yeah, like the little, your paper gets rejected. Um, so you do it again, and they say no. You go to the hearing to the judge, and the judge wants to see your medical records and why can you work or not, and it says no. So you hire a lawyer, and a lawyer goes in and throws his weight around in the courtroom and gets you awarded your social security. That um, This happened in all three of the people that I know. Um, you get it retro from the first time you were denied. So now you get to get a check. So if your benefit was going to be a couple thousand bucks a month, 24 grand a year times four years, you got denied. So they go, and here's a check for 90,000 bucks. Sorry that we drug you through the mud back there, um, and then you'll you'll get your regular money every month. Um, this is this is all a real thing, and I like I I just am like we need more awareness to this kind of thing, um, but also seems an incredibly difficult thing to police, right? How do you separate who has the real need or whatever? But Social Security, is Social Security kind of being used as like a welfare plan of sorts for people that, um, like in my examples, people here that have destroyed their health by way of drug use and can't take care of themselves anymore? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, that's not the intention of Social Security. I don't think a lot of people are happy about that scenario at the same time there's a lot of people who work their whole working lives and then they die an early death right and then they never collected on their social security well not only that but like i look at this all the time too they have this question right well do you want to get your benefits at this age or this age and if you can wait till this age it's going to be like 30 percent more um that number just keeps getting pushed out farther and farther and probably by the time you're able to take it you'll be getting um, an awful benefit to get it at 62 or what is it? What's the age? 62, 65, I think it's 67, 67. I can look 75. I'll look. I'll, I'll, I'll look. You're going to need to be 80 years old before you can start getting things. So again, you got people that are working hard, paying in, and then now living a, a meager little life, trying to wait out to that point where they could get the one that makes more financial sense and then dying somewhere in between the two. Mm-hmm. I also think it's frustrating, too, how you pay into Social Security your whole life. Like, you know, every other year or something, you get that little letter from Social Security that says, you know, based on your earnings at this point, um, if you're, you know, if you keep earning the level that you're making, this is your expected Social Security benefit. Okay, uh, so see, you're right, 62, but you get 75% of the monthly benefit. Yeah. Uh-huh. If so, you hold out till when, 70 uh, well, it's 662, full retirement age, Social Security, 66. If you were born between 1943 right. and 1954, 66. Yeah, and that, that scales is bumping along. Yeah. 
So the the younger you are now, basically, you need to plan on living longer. Um, See what they're. And of course, the reason I started thinking about this at all was that um, I think those problems of of the fun being misapplied to, you know, I understand that it's to help disabled people and at some point it's to help disabled employees. But um, bottom line is we need, we need to get ourselves in a financial position here where you have some kind of game plan. That's something more than just your social security. Right. Yeah. And, th- and that again is what I'm talking about. That, that forced savings of, of figuring out how to get your foot in the door to buy some real estate. Um, obviously you need to be in a position where you can, where you can do it, but, um, to do it as young as you can. Yeah. I mean, you're hitting on all these points that about how, how life has changed with respect to how you get to retirement. You know, it used to be that you worked for the company and I need to work there for 20 years or whatever the number is. And then I get my pension, you know, and then at some point I get my social security and that's, that's how you retire. You get, you count on your pension and your social security. And unless, you know, for 90% of people today, the pension component is not even a thing anymore. Um, So what do we do in place of the pension? Now, everybody has to personally contribute to, their retirement plan, whether it's a 401k or an IRA or whatever it is, you have to do that personally out of your paycheck today. And yeah, maybe you get a little contribution from your employer to help, but it's not like it was during the pension days. You're not getting full money from the, the company. And then the social security, that age keeps getting pushed out. So with the absence or near absence of pension, be now subsidized by taking money you're earning today to set aside for tomorrow for that pension-like retirement fund, um, and Social Security benefits being pushed out further, how does one get to retirement? Well, it's hard now. I mean, that's really it. You have to do that, or you have to invest in real estate, get that forced Savings like you know, you're talking as about you're and talking eventually about, have no mortgage. You're talking about self-funding retirement. And as you well know, um, self-employed people think a lot about this, right? We're self-employed. And we have been for a decade now. Um, so you get what you get, right? One of the real keys to that, by the way, so if there are young people listening to this show today, you need to know that that's something you need to start when you're young. Let's say that you add 200 bucks a month to your retirement plan, right? So you're essentially 2,400 bucks a year. And to many people, 200 bucks a month sounds a lot, right? I mean, that's a pretty sizable chunk of the money you have after you pay your bills. So you're going to put this 200 bucks a month into your retirement account every single month. So at the end of the first year, you have 2,400 bucks. Let's just say the market's just stagnant. There's ups and downs, but it's just stagnant. So at the end of a decade, at the end of 10 years, you have 24 grand. Then at the end of 20 years, you have 48 grand, right? So that 200 bucks a month, if this, this doesn't put a little little shot into your booty about getting busy here 
after 40 years, 200 bucks a month at just without making investment gain, you're going to have a hundred thousand bucks. 40 years is probably your working span of that part where you're really going to be in a sweet spot. So, oh, and that's yeah, you need to save regularly for a really long time. And then luckily the market over that same 40 year period, like if you look at the 40 year period, that money over time probably really is closer to 300 grand because of the investment power. Um, and, you know. Okay, so let's say that. Now let's look at the person who's got an IRA and is actually maxing it out every year. For 40 years, you'll have five times that. One and a half million dollars is one and a half million dollars. If you're maxing out an IRA, I know a 401k has a little bit higher threshold. An IRA maxed out would be about 12. Well, it's been 12.5. I think this year it's 13. Um, you have 1.5 million bucks. Is that the number that you need to retire for the next 30 years or well, 20 years of retirement? Let's say that Man, you're. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if your house is paid off, right. <laughs> and then you can get yourself, um, you know, on Medicare, right? Try to keep those costs down. But if you're still making a mortgage payment at that point, you're in big trouble because just simple math here. But let's just say crazily that in the year 2040, when you're staring down this retirement thing, um, let's just say that it takes a hundred thousand dollars a year of withdrawal from that account in order to be and by the way you need to pay income taxes on a lot of that money right unless you did Roth IRA or things you're gonna be paying income tax on it coming out so you're gonna now you're gonna crack your nut every month with with some cannibalization of that retirement account that you worked your whole life to save um, on the hundred thousand dollar withdrawal a year that you've got 15 years worth of money right so <laughs> what happens if you go out and you retire at 65 and now by your 80th birthday, you've depleted your money in its entirety? Well, and 100 um, grand a year is a solid income today. Is it a solid income 40 years from now? I doubt it. Or is 100 grand like entry level wage 40 years from now? I don't know, I mean, but that's the other thing you have to think about is what's the value of that money when you're actually going this, to retire. So in real quick, I know we're going to do the last break of the show here, but I just want to say, if you've bought yourself a house, then, hey, at least that chunk, that 25 to 50% of your budget is eliminated. And you also have that equity to tap into if what, you need to supplement. What, and income. what if you bought yourself a house? And then at the 10-year mark or so, you converted that over to a rental property and you bought yourself another primary residence. Now you line it up to where retirement looks like paying off both houses. So now you have passive cash flow of a rental property that is like a pension, right? that income every single month and and by the way what's rent going to be in 2040 2060 i don't know but guess what more it's yeah. going to be more um it might be 10 times as much does that sound crazy does that sound absolutely <laughs> nuts um 
man, in the 20 years that I've been here in Slow, the first house I rented was a 1,600 square foot 3.2 for 880 a month. That's like four grand a month now. So it could double. Um, so that that to me, those are those are some of the reasons you get into the real estate market. Try to get a little control of your future. You got to have a multi pronged approach to how you're going to tackle it because it's a challenging problem to solve. All right, we got to do the final commercial break here of the show. Uh, one more run past the sponsors here. We'll be back with final thoughts here on Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786 Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great service men and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800 549 5832. Now, back to the show. Bring us back with one more kiss song. Yeah, that's it. Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> we salute you. 
for those about to rent, we salute you. Come yeah, on. for those about <laughs> to rent. We're in the break here, Dan. <laughs> So yeah, during during the break, I there the this younger generation, this millennial generation, you know, there's a there's a component of retirement that you're you're forgetting cuz we didn't grow up in this era necessarily. We didn't we didn't look at employers with this idea in mind that one of the one of the things you should be looking for in addition to the good pay is the stock options. The yeah, go get your job at at Snapchat or whatever the next yeah. big app thing is because you work for peanuts. I mean, there's the local company. There's MindBody is one of those ones where I, I believe a component of a lot of those guys' pay is... Is or was some of the stock, or was probably the early ons. But you know, you try to get in on that company that's going to be the next big thing, that's going to go public, and the stock price is going to blow up. And and if you got in on it early enough, if you saw that potential in that company, and you can, you can get those stock options when they're they're just not there's not a lot of value in them today. But when they go public, it just blows up, and you get you have so much value in that i mean that's what a lot of the younger generations looking for as a as a means to that retirement end um but like you said not everybody i mean people are chasing that and that is that's something that people are looking for they're moving to san francisco and trying to find that next dot-com company that's going to have that potential but what if they never find it then meanwhile, you're living in a really expensive place. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, yeah. Accepting a wage that is, you know, at least it's like um, the upside is I'm, I'm barely getting by right now, but there's a stock option play here for me where I'm going to hit it rich one day, right? Um, but dang, that's a that's a tough plan. That's a that's a big gamble. I think, um, I mean, I still think that the better play, the better play for most people is to figure yourself out a, a job that you like to do, right? Whatever it is, um, or that you can stand doing, right? That doesn't make you miserable about life. And... That now you just got to start, you know, kind of what in my house we call block and tackle. It's real basic. You just have a plan here. You just got to block and tackle. And part of that is that, you know, I think really getting yourself a house with a mortgage that you can just write the check every month. That's just blocking and tackling. Earn the money, write the check, get the deal. And if you do that, since it takes 30 years now to buy a house, at least do that do that when you're 25, guess what? When you're 55, they'll send you your deed. Yeah. Start it when you're 30. When you're 60, they'll send you your deed. Start it when you're 40. When you're 70, you'll get your deed. Start it when you're 50, you probably your odds <laughs> of getting your deed are going down. Well, um, you've said it multiple times throughout the show, the multi-pronged approach. And I, I, 
I think a large part of the multi-pronged approach needs to be the predictable, unsexy blocking and tackling. Slow and steady, like you're baby. Taking. And, and yeah. when opportunities present themselves, maybe there is that company that, that you've had your eye on that you think has some potential to accelerate your, you know, your path to retirement. Great. Take swings every now and then. I'm all for that. But don't forget about the slow and steady approach, too, because that's tried and true. Right. It's worked for every generation that that I can think of. Um, so you should have that as part of your retirement portfolio also. <laughs> yeah, but I think that part of the trouble is, though, is that you got, um, you know, just think about it developmentally in your 20s. You know, your teenage years is just about like, what am I going to do when I'm a grown up? Right. Then now you're in your 20s and you don't yet feel like you're a grown up, but you know that you're in the, the final parts of needing to kind of have a plan. And then in your 30s is where you kind of start to get it going on now, right? Like you've been on your job for a little bit. You're respected now in your peer group. You're not the greenhorn, but you're also, there are people above you that are more seniors, a lot to learn. comes down to like work ethic and like how much you can really hunker down and get going on. And then, you know, moving into your 40s is like where you're, you're probably having kids, you're buying a house, you're, you're concerned now more about your health than ever before you start like all these different things are happening and one of the challenges is i think that that when you're starting some of these things like if you're buying your first house when you're 40 or 45 or 50 um though that part of having that thing banged out by retirement um you just you're, you're up against it now and you know i think that like in some of these classrooms, we should start having more emphasis on financial literacy and helping people understand. It's like, I get it. You want that Escalade? It sure is nice. And you'll be the talk of the town. And when you pull into the house, everyone will know that you're successful because you have that car. Well, I'm your financial guy. I see your $900 a month payment. You know, and then I look at this and I'm like, dang, that's so much money. Um, what are you, what's the rest of the plan? Um, man, that's crazy. Right. So, um, I, I always am encouraging people have a plan that involves real estate at that forced savings. It's going to become an obligation where you're just at some point, you're just going to settle into that routine of just blocking and tackling. And then I think the other piece of just sound financial advice, I was asked one time to give a group of people some financial advice. And one of my, one of my second big tenants was, Never let your car payment exceed what you contribute to your IRA every month. If you're doing that, if you're hearing this right now, you're doing that, you got it backwards. You need to figure out how to be saving more for tomorrow than you're spending on your car. If you're saving plenty and you have leftover money now to have a fancy car, by all means have it. Um, anyway, that's that. Um, Guys, if you want to get pre-qualified to buy a house or see what that looks like, get yourself on a plan um, even for some of you younger people that are hearing this, um, we do it. We'll look at your credit, give you some advice about earning and savings and just help you get a plan. We're good at that. That's what we like to do. So you can, 
uh, we'll work with you on that. If you're if you're hearing this today and you're like, man, I probably really should get cracking on owning an investment property, um, we'll help you see what that looks like. It, it may not be an attainable goal for today, but we can work towards it and get you on the track. So centralcoastlending.com or 543-LOAN. Thanks so much for being with us today. We'll be back next week with another live episode of Mortgage Matters.